You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hello, everyone. This is Connie and welcome to today's episode of Awaken Radio. It is so beautiful to be here with you again. And uh, as I say every week, I have an incredible, incredible conversation for you today that I can't wait to dive into. I am speaking with one of my favorite people on the planet, Julie Parker, who is one of Australia's foremost life and business coaches and trainers with more than a decade's experience inspiring hundreds of clients and thousands of people to create beautiful lives and businesses. The CEO and founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, Julie passionately trains and supports heart-centered and gifted people to bring their talents and love of giving into the world as life coaches. Julie lives in Melbourne with her husband, stepdaughter, and two much-loved adopted cats. She will never say no to a cup of tea or a chat about how the world can be made a better and more beautiful place, both a fuel for her soul. And I have had the pleasure of getting to spend time in person with Julie, and I can honestly say she is one of the most... um, You know, if you're going to talk about someone who embodies heart energy and embodies love, this is the woman. She literally radiates and beams love. And and when you're in her presence, you just can't help but be uplifted by that. So it is such an honor to have her on the show today. So thank you so much, Julie, for joining me. Oh, Connie, (laughs) that's very sweet of you. It's the truth. (laughs) Oh, what a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. It's a joy to be with you. I'm so excited about today's conversation. We had sort of um, discussed what we wanted to speak about today and we wanted to open up a conversation around around self-love, around soul connection and the the impact of this has and how this plays into our businesses, our careers, uh, the opportunities that we attract, our, our financial situations as well. So there's so much that we can open up around around this dialogue. And I wanted to start with you just to open up a bit about your own personal journey because this is, you know, you've been in this industry for a while, you've been doing this work for a while. And, mm-hmm. and I'm curious where this all began for you, this desire to step into coaching and counseling, which I'm sort of presuming when you started, it wasn't like, like it is now. And mm-hmm. then the transformation it's taken into you setting up uh, the coaching academy as well. Mm. Well, you know, I think my journey into this work, and you are right, it certainly doesn't look now like what it used to. Mm. But in many ways, I think that this path was set for me, at least on some level from a really young age. I was uh, raised in a family that, uh, in a country area, that was very much focused on service and volunteering in the local community and giving. And so I was raised in an environment where how you did at school was seen to be very important, but so was how much you gave back. And so being involved with the local country fire authority, the Girl Guides, the the local tree planting conservation group, those things were really important to my mum and I was raised by a single mother. And she was really, really connected in with the community. And so that was kind of the environment that I grew up in. And I know for sure that it has really significantly impacted me. 
because when it came time to sort of discover and think about what I wanted to do with my life, I'd already been so deeply involved in service in a lot of different ways. Mind you, a lot of very fun ways and a lot of ways that benefited me that I just really wanted to continue that. And so that's what led me down the path of, first of all, becoming a social worker. And I worked as a counsellor and a mental health clinician, with particularly with young people and families. I moved to Melbourne and I worked in an extremely um, disadvantaged, low socioeconomic area in Melbourne where there was lots of drug use, teen pregnancy, uh, domestic violence, uh, refugees, and I did that work for almost 10 years and I absolutely loved it. Uh, I was passionate about it. I felt like I'd really found my calling. But towards the end, I guess, for anybody that does that intensive level of work, you do start to get what I call a little bit crispy around the edges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you start to feel a little bit burnt out because of the enormous amount it requires you to give. And I started to feel like maybe there was something else for me and that I wanted to explore other things and that's when I found coaching. And I always knew that I would never really stray too far from working with people because I was so passionate about them. And when I found coaching, which was about 14 years ago now, so back in the days when, you know, people were going, a life coach? Are you crazy? (laughs) Like, what the hell is that? You know, remember when we all used to say those things about personal trainers? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) You're going to pay someone to exercise with you? (laughs) Are you nuts? (laughs) You know, that's crazy. And so that was what it was like back, you know, 14 years ago when I first trained. But I knew when I found it that it was right for me. And I just felt like it was the beginning of something fresh and amazing. And I was so attracted to it because it was a way for me to continue to help people and work in a really soulful, amazing way. But people who were at a different level in their life, people who were wanting to explore amazing careers, have better relationships, uh, find more confidence for themselves, but they weren't necessarily in a desperate situation where they were quite literally wondering, you know, where their next meal was going to come from or, um, you know, what they were going to do about this terrible situation that they found themselves in. And so for many years I balanced both and I loved having both that slowly what began to happen was that the coaching really took over and as a result of that my work really expanded and I began to coach uh, full-time which was really wonderful and then that in the last sort of 12 to 18 months morphed into a lot of people starting to come to me for coaching who were coaches themselves and saying, you know, I'd really love for you to tell me how it is that you've established your business. Why are you so successful? I understand you've got a six-month waiting list. What the hell is that about? (laughs) You know, how do I get myself one of those? And that then slowly morphed into the idea of, well, maybe it's about time to start training people in the way that over many years I've developed um, my own model and way of working. And so that's what we're doing now with the academy is training people to become life coaches and 
work in a very heart-centered way. So that's kind of the journey in a nutshell. Mm, It's beautiful. Do you know what? I, I was just reflecting. There's a lot of that that mirrors my own journey in that my background prior to becoming a coach was community services, disability services, um, and providing services to families who were disadvantaged and had a a family member with a disability in it. And it's just to reflect on that because a lot of people have this, this heart of service, this desire to be of service for others. My experience was that, um, when I was in that space of community services and working with people who were disadvantaged, there was this, as you said, a bit, you become a bit crispy. I was giving and giving and giving mm. and I was feeling depleted and I was feeling drained. And then the shift that I made into coaching, it was like I was able to serve others but feel full within myself at the same time. And I think that's a beautiful distinction to make around the idea of being of service to people because sometimes we think of being service as a form of sacrifice Mm. what's been your experience of kind of finding the distinction between that and being able to serve while while feeling full within yourself at the same time Mm. well I think that this is the most powerful and wonderful thing about coaching and that is is that to me the best coaches are the coaches who understand that the client has everything that they need. The client has all the answers within them and that our role as a coach is to be present, to create a loving and confident and giving space and to ask really powerful questions that allow a client to be able to come to their own conclusions and find their own answers within. And that to me is where service happens as a coach. And when you do that as a coach, you're not nearly as depleted or you shouldn't be nearly as depleted as if you're trying to desperately fix a situation. Yes. Or you're trying to make head and tail and sense of what's going on or you're battling to find the right words and advice in inverted commas and suggestions etc now of course sometimes of course as coaches we make suggestions and people come to us for you know input and thought and those sorts of things and I think those things shouldn't be demonized and they're okay but really our role is to help a client find the power within them and when we do that we're giving and of service but it's not in a way that should deplete us it's in a way that actually should energize and inspire us because through doing that, we see our clients grow so amazingly, just literally right before our eyes. And that's such a beautiful way to describe it. I think the way you've described it is perfect, is that it's the it's the mentality and the space we're coming from when we're wanting to be of service. Are we attached to the results that person gets and trying to fix them and, and feeling like we have the power and we have to create change in them versus just holding space for them and 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 knowing their potential, knowing that it's all there. And then there's almost no effort required. Um, it's, it is. It's quite an effortless process. I think you've described that perfectly. Mm, mm. And I think as well, too, that, you know, to me, and this is something that we teach our 
you know, trainees in the academy when they're learning to be life coaches that one of the greatest gifts that you have as a coach is one of unconditional regard and encouragement for your clients Mm. and letting them know that you're there for them and that you believe in them and what it is that they want to do and achieve no matter what. And when you encourage people in that way, if you do it in such a way where it feels right and energetic and soulful, that's something that should inspire you. It's something that should give you energy and vitality and breath and movement. You know, it's not something that should take away from you. Um, so this coaching business, I've got to tell you, it gives as much as it, as it requires you to get. Yeah. Um, sorry, requires you to give. It's There's no doubt about that. And so to me, it's probably one of the biggest untapped secrets of the world. <laughs> But do you know what you've shared I think is really valuable even for people who aren't yet a coach or aren't a coach in general but are on this journey where you know when you start to find stuff that you're like this is juicy and this has changed my life and I want everyone to know this stuff and you want to fix your family and you want to fix your friends and and we can get a little bit over the top about it and I I think what you've shared can be applicable to anyone who wants to be that light unto someone else's life, you know, where you want to uplift and support someone else, but you don't come at it from the space of there's something wrong with them that needs to be fixed. Mm. Yeah, Mm. it changes everything. That's right. And not just, you're so right, Connie, you know, to share that with everyone, that this is not just something for coaches, but when we approach all people in our lives in that way Mm. it's truly powerful and recognizing that you know people aren't broken they don't need to be they don't need to be fixed and they don't need us to save them what they do need is for us to listen Mm. encourage and maybe think about the quality and power of questions that we ask them you know, to think about asking people questions that are really focused on them and helping them uncover the deeper meaning of what it is that they might be searching for. And when we can do that for someone as a friend, a family member, even a work colleague, it's a pretty extraordinary gift that we're giving them. I totally agree. And do you feel, I mean, I'm keen to open up this dialogue around self-love as well, and I actually feel you know, our relationships with others, the way we show up with others and perhaps the role we play, whether we're in fixed mode with them or um, trying to make out maybe that we have some type of knowledge that they don't have, uh, I feel that's really reflective of our relationship with ourselves. What what role do you see, you know, in, in coaches that you train, maybe people that you've worked with, the impact that self-love has on those types of dynamics in our career, in our relationships with others? Oh, Connie, it's everything. Yeah. It's absolutely everything. There's not an area of our life where our level of love, care, respect, um, compassion for ourselves as a person is not impacted and that includes our relationship with money, the type of people that we attract into our life, the success uh, that we have in our business or our career. It impacts absolutely everything and that's why to me 
as a person, you know, I feel as if my greatest role in my own life is to find new and emerging and wonderful ways that I can continue to show myself and develop my own self, my own self-love, self-care, self-respect, self-compassion. Because when I do that, I'm able to grow in such a way that then helps and impacts other people. Yeah. You know, I've recently been playing around with this concept of overflowing. So I, when I came into this industry of coaching, I, I did come in kind of like I'm a teacher and I have knowledge and I'm here to help you and etc. And the thing that I've been working with at the moment is in terms of self-love and, and everything I want to feel, can I fill myself up with that so much that when I'm in the presence of others, and I feel like this is something that you do incredibly well, when I'm in the presence of others, I'm not trying to teach, I'm not trying to coach, I'm not trying to fix, I'm just being it and it overflows and naturally impacts others. I think it's that ability to fill ourselves up that makes a massive difference. Mm, it does. I Look, I completely agree with you. And you know what? I think it's also important to say that, you know, this business of learning to like ourselves, you know, let alone <laughs> love ourselves, is not, we don't do it because it, or we shouldn't really, although I'm not really a fan of the word should or shouldn't, mm. um, it's not really about doing it because that then means that you can be a better person that then helps other people um sometimes I think that that happens as a natural you know you use the word overflow and I think that that does happen organically because what we know happens is that when you're in the presence of somebody who radiates love and connection and energy and power you're like hmm I want me a bit of that absolutely right? I, I, that's inspiring. You know, when you see someone out there either, you know, they're getting fit and healthy or they're, they've made a decision to pack up and move to Uganda for six months <laughs> because they want to do, you know, some travel and amazing work or, you know, they've just decided to start their own organic veggie garden and they're sharing, you know, stuff with people about that and they're doing their own thing. It's inspiring. And so when we see people like that in action, it's not necessarily that they might be giving something to anybody else, but just through their natural presence, that's what happens. But to me, the most important value of learning to love and respect ourselves more comes with truthfully what it is that it can bring to us. Yeah. Because when we do this for ourselves, our capacity for what we can uh, achieve, earn, do, experience, love becomes so much greater, so much greater. And I've got no doubt that there are people out there that are in careers that or running a business in such a way that if they really just showed themselves more love, care, compassion and respect it would be a completely different experience for them. They would either change careers or businesses altogether and follow their heart and soul and what they really truthfully, lovingly wanted to do 
or they would change things in such a way that meant that it was a different experience for them altogether, one where they said yes to opportunities instead of hiding away because they were worried about what someone might think that they would look like or say or do. They'd charge more. They'd ask for a raise. They would set greater boundaries around their time and their effort and their energy because they came first and knowing that when they put themselves first, they are then able to give more and experience more with others. They'd find more time for play and creativity because instead of thinking about those things as useless or a waste of time, they'd realise that those were the things that made their heart sing and they'd find more ways to inject that into their job or their business or simply in their external life, which then in turn would make their career and business more fun and playful and creative. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, there is so many other tangible, practical ways that the amount and level that we love and care for ourselves impacts our everyday world. Yeah, what you've shared is just so, so beautiful. My practice of self-love recently has really been that practice of listening to myself. And you've touched on that quite a bit through the examples you gave of really listening to what we want. And, and for me, it's been learning how to meet my own needs. So listening, caring enough about myself that I'll stop throughout the day and say, how are you feeling, Connie? What do you need right now? And, and learning how to actually attend to myself in that way and prioritize what I love and what feels good to me um this this I mean this practice of self-love for a lot of people it's it's a bit of a loaded topic I think everyone has a bit of a different perception around what it might mean or where to start I'd just love to hear from your experience how this has weaved through in your life what have been your practices over the years that have enabled you to because obviously the space that you're in with your work you know you can see the foundation of that in you is your love, your relationship with yourself. How have you kind of reached that point within yourself? Well, through a bit of trial and error, yeah. <laughs> you know, certainly no doubt about it. I mean, I know that when I trained to be a coach, I was one of the youngest. In fact, I think I'm, I was the youngest person that was doing the course at the time. And at that time, what was on offer in training to be a coach was quite corporate. Um, and I was really surrounded by people who were HR managers and, you know, looking to enhance the performance of people in teams and things like that. And for a while, I did wonder whether I'd found myself in the wrong position, in the wrong spot. And initially when I first started my business, what I did was I really did uh, try to fit myself into that mould that I saw around me, which did not feel very loving or spacious for me. So looking back on my first websites, they were quite, you know, navy, shall we say. <laughs> I can't even imagine you being navy. <laughs> they were quite navy and Beige. Oh no, not beige. Beige. <laughs> oh, you know, no. sand, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And 
because that's kind of what I really felt I needed to be for people to take me seriously. That's what I thought you had to do. So really I wasn't really loving myself very much there by asking myself what I really needed, which I think we all know all along. Mm. You know, so often people say, you know, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. But really we do. It's just a matter of giving ourselves the space and the time, whether it be through meditation, daily baths for a month, you know, with a candle and a wee glass of wine or, you know, anything that we need uh, to just sort of help us really sink into our heart and what it is that we want and need. And I always knew that deep down, if I was being honest with myself, what I really wanted was a, a business that just felt really beautiful and really feminine and really loving because I, I suppose I would love to think that those are the things that I am myself. Mm. And so to me, my I knew in my heart that my perfect website and branding was going to be soft and pink and feminine and really giving and caring but I didn't have the courage in the beginning to really put that out there and then one day as it happens in all instances I just got sick of looking at it (laughs) and also it wasn't really working for me and so I had the courage to you know not that it was it's really that courageous I probably make it sound bigger than it is but I just decided bugger it I'm just going to do what I really want to do in the way that I want to do it. And I'm going to start talking to people in my copy and in my blogging and in my social media and just in conversations about the fact that my heart and belief is is that as a coach, my role is here to help you find your love mm-hmm. and that when you do that, the career and the business and the relationships and the life that you want will come to you and if I'm going to do that then I need to speak through a brand that's really me so I switched it up and I went pink which is my favorite color and I didn't realize until many years later when uh, a beautiful tarot lady you know told me that pink was the color of self-love rose quartz and finally my, it, it just made so much sense to me because I've loved pink since I was a little girl, even though I wasn't a girly girl. I was never a Barbie girl or anything like that, but I've always loved the colour pink, always. It's my absolute favourite. And she said, oh, it's the colour of self-love. She said, that's why you're so drawn to pink. And I was like, what? Wow. How did I never know this? How did I not even realise this? And so when I started to... When I learned that, I really owned it a lot more because up until that point in time, I really felt no one's ever going to take you seriously if you have a pink brand and you start talking about love and business (laughs) and you think that people are going to give you money for this. You're absolutely crazy. But you know what? The strangest but the not strangest thing happened. As soon as I started to do it, I started to attract more clients, more money, more speaking engagements, more opportunities towards me and I've never, ever looked back. 
because it was from that time, that moment when I realised that when we live our truth, when we show our love, whatever us is to the world, then what is meant to happen for us at our highest level will happen. And believe me when I tell you, for anybody that's listening right now, as soon as you start living your purpose and your highest truth in that way, there's no going back. You can't unknow what you know. And so when you step into your own power and your own love and what it really, really means to show the world the true you, you will never, ever go back and you will never want to go back. Wow. And, and what you've said there about the true you, I think that is the, the core of self-love is loving the true you because I mm-hmm. think we've, you know, so many of us have created facades and ways of being that we think we need to be, careers of who we think we need to be. And deep inside of us, I agree with you, Julie, we always know what we want and what we need. It's in there. And deep inside you is this little you, the true you, who has her passions and her purpose and her desires and her unique personality qualities and the colors that she loves and the way she wants to do mm. things and you I, I feel the practice of self-love is is bringing her out is loving mm. accepting and embracing her completely and loving her enough to let her be seen by others and I really feel that is the process sometimes we have to peel back some layers and dig a little deep to kind of find her. But I agree with you, once you find her, and I'm saying her, I know there are men listening to this as well, but for the moment, you know, we're both women, so I'm saying mm. her. Um, mm. But once you kind of reconnect with her, you you can't say no because she's going to start speaking to you and guiding you to things. And I completely agree, the quality of your life and what you manifest and attract is based on to the extent to which you are embodying her, loving her and letting her shine out into the world. Yeah, absolutely. And having the courage, you know, Mm. flaws and all, imperfections and all, you know, to really let it out there and not feeling as if you need to temper yourself in any way because of those perceived flaws or imperfections or that you've never seen anybody do certain things in this way or, you know, anything like that. I mean, initially when I first started to sort of it, it particularly through my business put this out there I did really question myself a great deal and it was a huge learning curve because we've really almost since you know the 80s greed is good Gordon Gecko, you know type of thing nobody ever has ever really wanted to until quite recently talked about love and business because people have considered the personal and the professional to be something that's completely separate and if not love and business then love and career it's like well you don't bring your personal into the career and you don't bring personal into business and for me when I first started 10 years ago saying it's all personal all of it You know, it all needs to be personal. It all needs to be based on love and connection and relationships with people first before we can start talking about bottom line and profit and loss and all this. And I don't shy away from those conversations with my clients and with trainees when they're building their business, but it has to come from a heart-centered place. And 
one of the things that I've realized, and this is one of the real beauties of stepping into your truth, and I'm sure that you would know this and feel this for yourself, Connie, and that is that when you do that, you start to care so much less about anyone that doesn't resonate with you or that doesn't or that you feel like they don't get you and comparisons to other people fall away because what's happening is that you begin to attract so many beautiful souls towards you that are the right people for you that you don't have time for that. So for me, I know that if someone looks at my website and they're thinking about becoming a life coach and they look at that and they go, oh, my God, that's a joke. That just looks ridiculous. I'm like, that's okay. You know, and they're not for me. They're not for us because I'm too busy responding to the emails that are going, oh, my God, where have you been all my life? I found you. Where do I sign? And that's exactly it, isn't it? To trust and own that when you step into what's truly right for you, you start to align with people who are on the same path and who agree with you and who want what you want and who are feeling the love. And sometimes that's scary for people because they start to make changes in their life and they no longer resonate with certain people and people start to fall Mm -hmm. away or maybe your job falls away or something Mm -hmm. happens. And... um, that's just part of the beautiful process of knowing that you're shifting within yourself. You're coming more into your heart, more into a space of love, and you're now going to be bringing different people and different opportunities into your world as a result. Absolutely. And that is, as you say, it can be scary because change can be scary, but it also can be truly wonderful. And I think as well that the other thing that happens, and I know that many people find themselves in this position is that when you do start to really speak and live your truth from a loving space, what happens as well is that your entire life, particularly when it comes to relationships with other people, becomes more easeful. You're no longer pretending to be someone that you're not. You're no longer saying yes when you really mean no. You're no longer saying no when you really mean yes. You don't have to be anybody else other than who you really want to be. And believe me when I tell you, and I've seen this happen with people, is that when you do that, yes, some people may fall away, but that's exactly what's meant to happen because there's a falsehood there. It's not real. It's not based on who you truly are. But when you live your truth and your love in that way, everything becomes so much easier You don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to be anything that you're not around people that you're with because you just are who you are and people accept you for that. And, in fact, not only do they accept you, they love you for it because you love you for it and you're allowing that real you to shine through. And that's exactly it. The people that, that are in your world are a reflection. I really believe that the relationship you have with others are a reflection of the relationship you have with yourself. And when you come into these relationships and you feel completely, this isn't about being perfect. This is about I am embracing and accepting and loving all parts of me, even the times where I'm moody and I'm grumpy and I'm, you know, I get angry and whatever else goes on. 
if I'm okay with all of that, all those old patterns of being, you know, fear of being rejected or fear of someone not loving you or not liking you or not being accepted or belonging, that falls away because you have completely got that sense of love within yourself. You're not looking to someone else to give you those feelings. And therefore, the relationships that you attract just mirror back that, that love that you already feel within you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely 100% agree. You know, when my husband got married, when we got married many years ago, he, he jokingly said to me, he said, you know what? He said, if we had a prenup, which we don't. He said, the first thing that I'd want to get written in there, he said, is that I get your friends. <laughs> really? He said, because, yeah, because he said, seriously, he said, the quality of people, he said, the quality of beautiful people that you have in your life, he said, I'm, he said, I'm just gobsmacked. He said, I can't believe that in partnering up with you for the rest of my life he said that those people now become my friends mm. and I said well I've worked hard at that yeah. <laughs> I said so sorry you don't get them no <laughs> but they have become his friends of course now too because the person that we choose to spend you know yes. our life with you know he's very much a reflection of me as I am of him very much so yeah I want to dive a little into um, soul connection with you because you mentioned that when we were kind of discussing what we were going to talk about today, you mentioned alongside self-love, this uh, process and this experience of soul connection. And I'm really curious what that means to you and what the experience of that is for you in your life. Oh, you know what? I find that a really challenging question to answer <laughs> because honestly if I'm being honest I actually feel as if almost it's something that shifts for me yeah on a, you know it fluctuates and 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 flows at different times depending upon how I'm feeling about myself what's going on in my world and my life and really for me being soul connected is all about making sure that I'm truly, truly in touch with whatever it is that I want to feel and whatever it is that I truly need. Mm. Those, those two things are the most important things. And what I want to feel and what I need at any given time changes. But those two core things as part of soul connection never do. Um, and to me, that's the ultimate gift of self-love that I give to myself every day, you know, every week, every month in whatever way that I need. And sometimes people say, you know, Julie, you talk about self-love a lot, you know, but how do I go about building that, you know, within myself? And to me, always the first thing that I would suggest to people is self-love is something that comes from your soul. It's something that comes from that connection deep within you. And the best way to begin to build it is to ask yourself, how do I want to feel as I move through the world? Do I want to feel happy, joyous, calm, 
giving, inspired, sexy, desirable, um, on fire, energetic, Mm. soft. How do I want to feel? And then how do you go about putting into action creating those feelings for yourself? Concurrently, at the same time with that, what is it that I need? Do I need quiet? Do I need to move? Do I need energy? Do I need clarity? What is it that I need? So often, which is feeling-based as well. Mm. And when I just focus on those things for myself, my actions and how I go about my day and live my life very much centre around those things. And the feeling and the need can change at any given time. So, for example, at the moment, I'm at a point in my business in particular where I'm needing to make really big decisions about scalability. So taking big next steps, which requires big money. And so what I'm desiring at the moment and needing from my soul is clarity. What are the best decisions for me to make right now to create the feelings that I need and what is it that I need to really tap into? And when I give myself focused time to think about those things through meditation, walking, sometimes even just cooking with, you know, Alicia Keys banging in the background, you know, it's like to just sink into that time for me. And that's, to me, where soul connection occurs. And as long as I'm always connected in there, then, you know, I know that the right things will eventually come out for me. Mm. You know, when you're talking about soul connection there, that really for me is like this where the focus comes inwards. I feel like a lot of us live very external and it's about what we're doing and creating in the world and this soul connection and also the practice of self-love is more of an inward focus within ourselves and letting what you're sort of saying there is letting the feeling guide everything, the feeling guide Mm. the decision, the action, the path that you're going to walk on, maybe the business change you're going to make or for someone else, the relationship you step into of how you want to feel and your connection with that feeling now. And I love what you've shared as well about, to me, soul connection is about finding those answers within you. As you said, the time and space to let that be revealed versus trying to go into a headspace of strategy and nut this out. You, you're allowing those answers to be revealed to you, right? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So it really, really is about feeling in, you know, feeling into that. And, you know, I think it's also important to say that soul connection for every person is different. Just because that's the way that I soul connect is not necessarily the way that other people would soul connect. Mm. And really it's about when you're connected to your soul and you're living on purpose, you know it. It's a feeling that you get. It, it, it's a feeling of being happy and present and alive and like your best self. And you know what? For some people that can happen through when they're painting or they're singing or they're meditating or 
you know, it can happen in many, many different ways. And if it hasn't happened for someone that's listening yet, just keep exploring. You know, keep doing the things and asking the things of yourself that feel right and feel good. And eventually it will happen. And it's a shift of priority. It's where you choose to make yourself and how you feel the priority in your life over anything else. I think that's uh, such an important part of it is, um, you know, there's no, because you're saying, you know, when you find that thing, there's this feeling. And I feel like sometimes we, rather than making that feeling the priority, again, it shifts to, I've got to get the money and the career and all that stuff. But when love starts to lead your life, when self-love becomes the foundation of your life, you tend to that inner relationship first. That becomes your priority of, of, of that connection and that feeling so that you can overflow. Uh, when I was going through a big period of change when I was about 28, I kept trying to do all the external stuff. I was involved in the personal development industry and I was like, I'm going to set a new goal and get a new job and get a relationship and make money. And and I was just on this this treadmill of chasing. And mm. I, was, I was trying to find those feelings, Julie, that you're talking about, but I thought they were outside of me. I thought I had to get stuff in order to experience them. Yeah, And I hit numerous brick walls before I realized that wasn't going to work. And the shift happened for me when I made feeling a priority. And I, I woke up each day and I said, all I want to feel today is happy and calm. And I'm just going to mm -hmm. focus on doing whatever I can. And I'm not going to try to change my job just yet or make anything different. I just want to work on this feeling within me and get that foundation. And then I can build upon that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, what you mentioned there is so powerful and would be extraordinary for any person to do, no matter where they were in their life. You know, we just don't spend enough time with ourselves. Yes. Just really asking, how are you? What do you need? What do you want? You know, even just doing body scans and checks. You know, sometimes when I remember to do those on myself, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that pain in your neck <laughs> due to sitting at that computer for so long, it's like you finally just paid attention to it. Now do something about it, Julie, <laughs> you know, because that's you actually, you know, your body's trying to love you by signalling to you that it's in pain. Yes. And it's telling you that you need to go and get a massage. You need to stretch it out. You need to, you know, do something, adjust. Um, but you're, if you're not listening to it, then you're not showing yourself the love that you deserve. And that's one of the simplest and easiest ways, you know, to just incorporate these things. Sometimes we can think to ourselves, you know, this is, but this is so hard, you know, but it's the little things that make such a difference. And I, that just reminded me what you said about the self-love practice not being a destination and not being this kind of end result you have to uh, attain. But as you said, I for me as well, it's a moment-to-moment -moment thing and it's a moment-to-moment -moment of, of um, and sometimes I've said to my clients, if you need to set a reminder on your phone for every half an hour to an hour to remind yourself just to check in and see how you're going, then do yeah. that because initially it may be a really foreign concept to do that. Um, um, but that is what has been my practice as well is is as often as I can tuning in and being like, 
are your shoulders up around your ears? Okay, maybe you need to go for a walk outdoors, you know, you're yep. a, bit, a bit stressed. Um, are you hungry? Like sometimes I'm, I'm yeah. working so much, I'm not even aware I'm hungry, you know. Yep. Um, do you need time with your friends rather than working today? Mm-hmm. They're the little things. I feel like that is the moments that you make that choice. You are practicing self-love and oh, it's not yeah. this gigantic destination you have to strive for. No. Yeah. I couldn't have I couldn't have said that better myself. It really is just about listening to your soul, your heart, your body. If you know, and asking yourself what you want to feel and need in any given moment, and trying the very best that you can to follow through with that. It's not about leaping out of bed every morning, going "I love myself," and <laughs> you know all of that sort of stuff. It's not. Although, if you want to do that, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. It's probably a magnificent way to start the day, but it's. It really is just about the little things that add up to you being a radiant, gorgeous, beautiful person that is just going to shine because there's no way that you won't if you focus your love and attention on yourself in that way. Mm. And so just to wrap up, I just want to... um... I mean, I could talk to you about this forever, but I'm trying to keep my eye on the time view. Just to wrap up, um, in terms of that, right, so when we've got that foundation within ourselves that we're learning and how to listen and how to tune in and, and, and how to feel and attend to ourselves, when we come up to a situation, and you mentioned this going on with your business, where maybe we want to ask for a pay rise at work or we, we're about to enter into a, a new relationship, we've started dating someone and that door's starting to open or there's an opportunity that's come our way that that scares the crap out of us, um, how do we kind of then use that foundation within ourselves to then move forward into our external world? How do you feel that practice works? Mm. It's a really good question and to a certain extent I think it's, you know, it's probably going to work differently for different people depending upon you know, certain things such as maybe the level of fear or the level of love or the level of connection that they have with themselves and around and around themselves. But really, I think it's just about, at that point, I think it's about courage. Mm. I think it's about really having the courage to own at that crossroads of your life what it is that you really want. So if you really want that pay rise, then you will not go in and ask for that pay rise off the cuff. You will have the courage to really dive in to thinking about amazing ways that you can ask for it that will give you the very, very best chance of getting it. If you are at the beginning of a new relationship, and you're not and you're feeling uncertain about where it might go and what might happen and you know all of those sorts of things that often give us butterflies at the beginning of yeah. a, a new relationship then you will have the courage to ask for what you want and ask for what you need and maybe for you it's surrendering and going with the flow and not feeling that you need to control anything 
Or on the other side of that, maybe for you, it's about needing to set boundaries, some love fences, you know, around yourself that you know gives you the foundation of feeling strong and feeling connected first with you so you can then feel connected with the person in front of you. Mm. And so to me, at 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 that point in time, at those crossroads, it's courage. It's courage to really truly own what it is that you know you need and want and that then allows you to step forward into those situations in your life knowing that no matter what happens, whether you get the pay rise, the relationship continues or it doesn't continue, that you'll be okay because you had the courage to be you, to ask for what you really wanted and needed and you went after it completely and utterly as yourself. And no matter the outcome with that, you'll always come out on top. Mm. Beautiful, and it's the it's the courage to follow your heart. Really, it's mm-hmm. the courage to follow mm-hmm. those desires, those yearnings, those feelings, the inner voice that's saying this is right for you. Even when your mind is throwing fear at you, it is. It's it takes courage to follow your heart and to follow love. Really, yeah, that's yeah. right. It does. But as I said before, once you do, you never go back mm. because the results and the feeling and the passion and the love that it brings into your life becomes such that you never, ever want to give it up. Mm -mm. It's so worth it. (laughs) Yep. So with it. <laughs> oh, Julie, this has just been such a gorgeous conversation. I really appreciate your time and everything that you've shared. It's it's just so beautiful to be able to explore this with you and hear your own personal experience. And your, you know, self-love is a gentle practice and you share mm-hmm. this wisdom in such a gentle way. And it, it it's um, I think it'll be really, really supportive for people. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Connie. Thank you. What a beautiful opportunity. I've loved it. Awesome. And before we wrap up, I'm wondering if you want to share with our audience anything you're working on, anything we can expect from you over the coming months. Well, you can simply find me at beautifulyoucoachingacademy.com mm-hmm. and uh, I think the chief thing that we are working on at the moment is that we have uh, two more courses that are still available for anyone that's feeling called to be a life coach before the end of the year and I'm also thinking about I haven't I'm still searching for that clarity (laughs) as I mentioned just before I'm also thinking about creating a small group of um, passionate heart-centered masterminders um, over the coming months towards the end of the year maybe something over summer when people are traditionally sort of experiencing a quieter time in their business and their life but maybe really interested in striving into 2015 with lots of purpose and and lots of energy so that's something that's brewing in the background still thinking about that one well I will stay tuned for that that sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) Julie thank you again so much for your time I've really really appreciated it and I've loved love this conversation and thank you to everyone who's been listening to today's episode of awaken radio i hope you have taken away so much uh supportive guidance from this conversation and that your heart is just overflowing with love because mine is and uh, i look forward to connecting with you all in next week's episode thank you for listening bye